Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Happy, happy Mother's Day to all the moms celebrating out there. I am so grateful to be with you on this super special day that I hope um, you are enjoying one way or another, whether you're celebrating your own mom, whether you are a mom and you're being celebrated, whether you were someone... Um, who never became a mom, but w- became like a mother figure to someone. So many uh, people have done that in time. They have taken on uh, people, whether it's uh, young people or people in their own family or just friends that they love dearly. And they've uh, showered people with motherly love, even when they're not moms themselves. So this is a day we celebrate the whole idea of the, of the sense of motherhood. I'm so uh, blessed myself. I have a beautiful daughter. Um, unfortunately, she lives far away from, from me. She lives in Europe in, in a little beautiful medieval village in Bavaria, in Germany, of all things. But um, I have to say that, of course, um, motherhood has been a, a super highlight uh, in my life. It is the greatest highlight, my greatest achievement, my greatest reward. And I, and I just... I, it, it's kind of hard to describe, but now she's all grown up, but you never really stop being a mom. So for everyone, I just want to send my love today. And we have a special edition. Um, we decided, or I decided that in, instead of having, I normally have sometimes a celebrity, sometimes a, a, a guest expert. I decided to go with some moms that I knew and bring them to you today just so they can talk about their experiences. And I hope you enjoy it. One of them is even my own mom, uh, 84-year-old Joan Smith. She's going to be joining us. My sister, Terry Shreve, uh, who adopted a baby from Indonesia and still lives in Indonesia to this day. She's going to be on as well. Debbie Nigro, a friend of mine in radio who uh, started a whole theme 25 years ago called Working Mom on the Run. She was way ahead of her time. And it's just a day that we celebrate uh, women who take on the greatest task in the world of helping to form and and shape a, a human being. So on that note, I would like to say thank you to Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule. Balance of Nature is a wonderful company. And I'm going to shout out also um, somebody who I adore with all my heart. She's a mom to five kids. She's the mother of Dr. Howard who formulated Balance of Nature. She has five children and I believe 25 grandchildren, if you can imagine. And I don't think they're done yet. All those grandchildren keep on a coming. But Susan Howard um, is the matriarch of the family of Balance of Nature. And she has taught me so much. She is one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met. I've had the the great pleasure of knowing and um, learning from because she is someone who really epitomizes motherhood in all of its grandeur, but she is quiet and fierce all at once. Really one of my favorite human beings. So shout out to you on Mother's Day, Susan Howard and the family of Balance of Nature, Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule, uh, who we love and sponsors the show. And by all means, if you want to order fruits and vegetables, be a good mom to yourself, be a good mom to someone else and tell them to take their fruits and veggies, but in the way that Balance of Nature offers it so that you can get the amount that you're supposed to get on a daily basis, 10 servings, That's what we're supposed to have. And I know all of us went through times when our parents and our moms tried so hard to get us to eat our fruits and veggies when we were little and even growing up still. 
Um, but it's hard to get is the amount that we need in the form that we get them that balance of nature offers. So it's truly a remarkable product. There are thousands of people that call into the company every single week to give their stories of how the balance of nature has helped them. And it can do the same for you. A wonderful sense of energy, a boosted immune system, a sense of mental clarity. It, there's just so much wonderful stuff I could say about balance of nature, but we have a show on mothers to do today. So if you'd like to order your fruits and veggies in a capsule and be a good mom to yourself and others, by all means, go to balanceofnature.com balanceofnature.com. Make sure though that you put the word Laura, that's my name, into the promo code. That is going to give you 35% off your first order and free shipping forever. So once again, Laura into the promo code, go to balanceofnature.com or you can call them. Easy to remember number 800-2468-751-800. 2468-751 and tell the person on the phone that you want to put Laura into the promo code. When we come back, a lot of really wonderful mothers on this special edition of The Way Home. Don't go away. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. This was sort of uh, a random idea that I had uh, to do the show this way today because I wanted to get on an expert talking about being a mom, maybe who'd written a book or something, but I thought, what the heck? There's no better expert at being a mother than mothers themselves. And they could be any mother because once you become one, you become an expert. And so for that, I go to people that I already know and love who, to me, are examples of what it means to be a great mom, but they're not necessarily always conventional. And when I think of funny and I think of fun and I think of the non-conventional, I think of my dear friend, Debbie Nigro, a fellow radio babe and someone who I turn to whenever I want to bring laughter to the airwaves and joy to my heart. Happy Mother's Day, Debbie Nigro. And to you, Laura Jean Smith. That's so nice. We share that honor of being mothers together. We both have beautiful daughters. I love how you introduced me, unconventional. There must have been a bin in the delivery room when I came out, like unconventional on the other side of the room. I don't know how I ended up so different, but okay, we're doing the best we can. That's what everybody's trying to do uh, as a mother on, on this planet, the best you can. And you know what, Deb? So you're interesting for so many, many reasons, but I want to tell people right off the bat, you have a radio show. We've both been in radio together for many years, same station, different stations all around, but you have a really amazing brand um, for your radio show. And you have a lot of different things that you go under. Uh, Still a Babe is one of them, Risk It or Regret It. You have all of these incredible uh, features that you bring to all of your podcasts and all of your shows that are beloved by so many. And you've been doing this for so long, but way back before it was cool and before anybody else did it in the world, when you were a single parent and I was a single parent, you did something called Working Mom on the Run. So tell us a little bit about what it was like uh, being in radio, trying to raise a daughter, and just you're using your sense of humor to kind of get you through all of it. 
Well, thank you for bringing up that sore subject, Laura. I want to poke myself in the head because I was the first one to be the working mom on the run. And the subtitle was what the heck happened in my life? And had I still had that company during this social media burst of mothers sharing, uh, you know, information and all the different platforms that mothers can connect and businesses, I'd probably not be busy. I'd probably be too busy to talk to you right now. You'd but- be married to Elon Musk or something like that. No, no, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I, I, I'd probably be doing more philanthropy than work. OK, so let's get real. But, um, you know, I remember back I had workingmom.com and I had a million hits the first month when the Internet, no one even knew what the Internet was. I didn't even care about the Internet. I go, All right, what do we got? Million hits. All right, whatever. Can you imagine? And, um, you know, it's very, very valuable to hit a niche of people that, that connect on a, on a like minded thing. So I'm very proud of all the young women and the women in general these days who figured out their niche to connect with other mothers. I tell you, there's some great sites. One is called the mom project. They're all about helping women at home reenter the workforce because the pandemic, you know, caused a, a, a disastrous havoc for poor working mothers who, what choice was that? You know, leave your kid, go out and get COVID or send your kid, let the kid get COVID. Or, I mean, we, it was tough time for mothers homeschooling and trying to earn money. So, so what you have now is a lot of, um, an evolution of mothers figuring out how to help one another, which is great. Exactly. And and you were doing that organically because that's what you were doing. And that was, it. if I remember correctly, it's right when I started at the radio station in Greenwich where, where you were at the time and working mom on the run. It was probably like, was it 25 or 30 years ago? Oh, shut up, Laura. Stop with the counting of the years. I don't know, <laughs> but it was a long time ago. And I, um, I think, you know, well, I ended it in 2000. So think about it. It had to be at least 25 years ago. But I remember pulling up to WGCH at the time. I had the idea, right? Because, you know, me, I was got an idea. And I had smoke coming out of my Isuzu Trooper and a crack windshield. And I came into WGCH. I go, oh, I got this great idea for this show. And I never forget Charlie Ponger was the uh, GM. And he goes, great. I love it. I go, oh, you do? Because, you know, you know, we're ready for this big sell. I go, don't worry, I'll sell it nationally and regionally, locally. And he goes, I go, we'll be partners. He goes, okay. So that little okay set me off. All you need is one okay from somebody who you're hoping an okay from, right? And uh, ended up becoming a huge success. Up to 500 radio stations, short form, long form. I had a line of clothing on home shopping. And it ended sadly, Laura, with um, a, a bad ending, Laura. Because a bad you got to pick who- yeah, Tell because us. You gotta- well, here's a, here's a lesson for mothers, you know. Um, and women in general, watch who you trust that you think knows better than you in business and in life. We tend to defer because we don't think we're smart enough or slick enough or educated enough or, 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 or I don't know, enough that we let other people decide how our fate's going to go. And then we believe them. And sometimes it doesn't work out because you knew you were right in the first place. There was something to be said about women's intuition and mother's intuition is even stuck. That's crazier on, uh, on the money. Absolutely. So that's okay. So you obviously, the, the working moms on the run became no more, but you went on to do a million other iterations. Still a babe is one of your brands. And uh, oh, I'm, I'm so delusional. It's ridiculous. I love being delusional. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, you got to keep reinventing yourself. You know, I've had the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And so have we all. But there's always every time you think you're done, you're not. That's right. You know what? I absolutely agree with you. Every time you think, well, this is my my greatest and best chapter, but it, it might be my last note. That's usually the beginning of something new. Right. Yeah. And, women, yeah. Women think they lost their looks and they're done. They're never done. Only never you done. say you're done. Only you say you're done. 
And how about this for motherhood? You think you're done. Your children grow up. You, you know, you've got, got these beautiful human, you know, beings uh, out there in the world now, adults themselves and mothers themselves. And you think you're done parenting, but the parenting never totally finishes, does it? No, because I got to go right now because my daughter is having her second baby tomorrow and she's in town. She's she just moved 45 minutes away, but she just called me and said, oh, listen, mom, I'm down the block. I'm going to get I'm like, oh, 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 okay, I'll be right there. We never stop overdoing, overprotecting to all the mothers who have more than one child. God bless them. I don't know. I always bow down. Like, oh, now you do it. And um, a special shout out to all the mothers in Ukraine. I got to tell you, my heart bleeds every day for those mothers trying to protect their kids and themselves. You know, just we got to just pray for them that they get through. It's just unbelievable. Right. But uh, uh, yes. And a mother's strength and with God's protection and you know what moms go through um it's 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 an interesting power it's a it's a superpower i think to be a mom and so uh to all of them out there i just want to highlight some of my favorite moms today on mother's day debbie nigro everybody check out uh her all of her platforms her shows her writing she is one of the funniest human beings on the planet, DebbieNigro.com. And we have the official Seenagers.com now, which is pretty darn funny. It's about, you know, really can't make this up. I just want to say one last thing about mothers. And you probably have it in your head. There's always one thing you could hear your own mother's voice in your head of something she said, even if she's long gone. I can hear my mother every time I do something and say, she always be like, just put it away now. You won't have to pick it up later. Okay. What do you hear in your head, Laura Jean? What's your mother's voice? Well, my mother's still here and she's still saying that to me. My mother's like, if you don't like your carrots, eat your carrots first, because her dad told her to say that. So get the stuff out of the way. It sounds like the same kind of advice your mother gave you. And she always says, uh, what is the other thing? Don't uh, put off till tomorrow what you can do today. You can do today. Oh, they went to the same mommy school. I think so. For sure. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Grandma. Um, for the second time and happy Mother's Day to Alexis, your beautiful daughter, who I adore. Thank you so much for being here. Debbie Nigro, much love to you, my friend. Much love to you. Happy Mother's Day, Laura. Hi, here's a minute of purpose, improving your life 60 seconds at a time. Walking is one of the best and easiest things you can do for your health. It reduces stress, lowers blood pressure, and does much more. But admit it, it can get a little boring. So here are some fun ways to kick it up a notch. There are great apps like News in Slow French or Coffee Break Chinese that will help you learn a new language. GreatCoursesPlus.com features top-shelf lectures about things like opera or history. BrainHQ.com has lots of fun games to try on your walk so you'll get smarter and healthier. You can make your walk more fun by adopting a dog temporarily. Senior centers can hook you up with an older person who might not be able to give their pooch the exercise it needs. So next time you step out, bring along one of these fun partners and get more from your daily walk. This has been your Minute of Purpose. Find more now at nowwithpurpose.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. As I mentioned in the open, um, there's obviously so many different types of moms in the world. And uh, every one of them is important because of the role that they take on in helping to shape 
another human being. And so uh, for that, I, I thought, well, my sister is visiting from overseas. She lives in Jakarta, Indonesia. But my sister, uh, 21 years ago, made the decision with her husband, Tom, to adopt a baby. And so uh, I want to ask my sister, Terry Shreve, uh, what that's been like for her, because it was an interesting journey. First, the adoption itself in a foreign country and that where she lived. And then second, raising a, a baby like that, uh, um, my beautiful niece, Amina. So, uh, Terry, thank you so much for joining The Way Home today. Glad to be here. So I want to, I, I, of course, I know the story of Amina, who is uh, just, I, I always call her my favorite niece, but she's really my only niece. So, you know, but that's okay. She's still my favorite. And uh, I want to tell people about a little bit what you went through you when you and Tom made a decision 21 years ago. Actually, you may, it may have been longer ago that you decided you wanted to adopt, but it took you a little while because you were in Indonesia. Tell us a little bit of the scenario um, and what you went through at that time. Okay. Uh, Well, I think adopting from Indonesia is a bit harder than some other places because you have to be a resident there for at least two years, at least back when we were adopting. Um, And I think that's still the rule. Um, You know, you have to be within a certain age. Um, They come and they do, you know, all the home visits and everything. And then we also had to do it from the U.S. side, which required like answering, you know, pages and pages of essays and, you know, going in and talking to uh, like a a psychiatrist just to make sure that we would be fit and everything. So it was quite and it was quite a long process, I think. Um, from start to finish, you know, by, by the time we finally got, I mean, it was like nine months. Um, uh, oh, from start to finish. For some reason, it felt like it was longer because I remember you calling and announcing you and Tom had already been married like 15 or 18 years, correct? When you made the decision to adopt? Yes. <laughs> yes. Now yeah. that you mention it, I think it, yeah, it had been about 17 years, I think. Yes. So, we, so I ten at that point. So, yes, you had been in Indonesia already for 10 because you guys had moved there for a work assignment and and Tom was at a law firm there or something like that. And like you said, so you've been married all those years and you weren't sure about adoption. I don't remember for the, for the beginning of your marriage, whether you had wanted that. But then when you did decide, you called us on the phone, you said we've made the decision. And then I remember it was a it was a super long waiting game. And. How did the process go when you eventually did you go to an orphanage in Indonesia? How did that work? Yeah, from the from the U.S. side, they said there was only one orphanage that we could adopt from because they knew that they did the correct paperwork and it was all like, you know, above board and everything. So there was one orphanage. We went down there, filled in the paperwork, told them, you know, we said we wanted a girl and it's like a baby, you know, and and just kind of said our very like, limit. you know, I mean, we just basically wanted a baby or a baby girl um and then we just waited and and one day i finally got a call i think we had gotten a couple of calls but for some reason it just never seemed right and then i got a call one day and um the person at the orphanage said i've got the perfect baby for you i'm holding her for you you've got to come down <laughs> and so that minute like right at that minute that day so i called tom and it's like we ran down there and went yep this is it. That's her. That's so, her. And then the kind of the rest is history. It's like, yeah. We've what is it like? Been... Sorry. Sorry. What is it like when 
you see the baby for the first time because they brought her out in a blanket. Was wasn't that the story? Yeah, we we were like waiting in a room and they brought her in and we we have a picture of like the first time she and I saw each other and it was just like it was meant to be. It was like I never we'd never really thought about adoption before and then several of our friends in Indonesia had and just one day it kind of hit us and I went home and told him I said why don't we do this and he goes sure I've just been waiting for you (laughs) so so then like the next day is when we went down did the whole thing so it was all just like meant to be it all fell into place once she came home it took us another year to get the final paperwork done you know like the fostering period and everything and then after that then we had to get her U.S. citizenship which was a whole other story which Mm -hmm. you know a whole other issue but right the first time you two and a half years it was fine (laughs) what was it two and a half years I think it was two and a half years by the time we started the whole thing until she actually like became a U.S. citizen and everything probably longer than that but yeah so you knew when you saw her that she was meant to be for you what are how did is it like a feeling of excitement or were you nervous because you know you hadn't done this before you'd been married for quite a while and tell me some of the different emotions that you felt oh i think all of those it was like scared but like really excited and just kind of but at the same time it's this was just like we knew this is what we wanted to do and it was it was right so you know yeah there's always what if we aren't good parents? What if something happens? What, you know, I mean, depending on, you know, the whole political situation and everything, it's like until all the paperwork, you know, the I's are, you know, dotted, the T's are crossed. It's like, it's very nerve wracking um, because you never know some, you know, at some point somebody could come in and say, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. She's not yours. You know, so that was, that was kind of the scariest thing. And then given the time, you know, when everything that was going on politically in the world, there were some very like, tricky uh, yeah there were some very tense moments it's to tense you know moments. like what would it, what was going to happen what if we had to get evacuated for example you know and she didn't have her passport or anything she wasn't still official you know the embassy had told us don't well you just have to leave her behind and it's like well no <laughs> none of us were going to be doing that so you know it was it was quite um yeah dicey stressful <laughs> yes, it, it sounds dramatic. And but uh, all these years later, she just turned 21. I know because I called her on her birthday and uh, she's in college at uh, Syracuse University. What is it like for you now? Like when you look at her, your daughter and she was, by the way, biologically, she was born to an Indonesian woman. So she she looks like a beautiful. Uh, is it Eastern Asian, Asian or Pacific Asian? Yeah, Pacific Asians. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, and here she is. And and yet the two of you are like two peas in a pod. You it's it's really uncanny. I mean, because she's so much like you and and Tom, your husband. And and yet, you know, she is adopted. And I think that's something that's so beautiful about adoption is that this child integrates into the family to such a point that they all of a sudden you really become one like like any other family that's had biological children i think and absolutely it's like i I, there's i mean i don't know what it's like to have a biological child a lot of my friends have it and it's like there's absolutely no difference as far you know as far as i'm concerned it's like exactly the same 
Uh-huh. And the love is just as big. Well, Terry, I appreciate you coming on. I know that you um, don't usually like to do public speaking. You're, you're unlike uh, me, your sister who talks for a living. But I appreciate you doing this because I, I just love the story of your adoption of Amina. And it's just it's been wonderful to watch all these years and, and what a joy it has brought you. So thank you. And happy Mother's Day to you. Well, thank you. And and. Yes. And it was the best thing we could have ever done. It's like not one regret. It's like, it's been amazing. So anybody who has the opportunity, go for it. I love it. And on that note, you're listening to The Way Home. Thank you so much, Terry. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, I had to save the best for last. Well, not really. All of these mothers I've had on today are uh, wonderful. But I wanted to bring on my own mom. I said, you know, once again, I wasn't just going to go for the celebrity moms. I wanted to actually get a chance for my own mom to talk a a little bit about her experience of being a mom all these many years. But you cannot say, mom, how many years you've been a mom. You're going to out my age. So anyway, without further ado, I want to present to you Joan Smith, my wonderful mother, who has uh, been a great mom to me all these many years, and my sister, Terry. Thanks for joining us on the way home on Mother's Day, Mom. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's already a pleasure. Trust me, it is. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for deciding to do this. I know you were thinking you were a little shy, but you've been on the radio before because you went on Debbie Nigro's show, my friend who was also on the show today. Uh, Several years ago, you and your sister, Jean, you were traveling across New York and you went on her radio show. So this is easy for you, right? Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, 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 of course it is. All right. So anyway, Mom, I think it would be fun to talk a little bit about the fact that when you had uh, my sister and I, you were a lot younger than I was when I had my daughter, because I was almost 30 when I had Hannah. You started when you were still a teenager. So uh, when I came along, um, we won't tell the year again. You and dad were actually living in Mexico City, right? Because dad was going to college there to get his degree in international business? Correct. So how long had you lived in Mexico City when you found out you were pregnant for me? You already had Terry. So, and yeah. So I guess Terry was, uh, Terry was about two years old. And uh, I think we had been in Mexico for a year or more. Okay. And I, I'm not sure if I was planned or anything like that, or if it was, a, I was a great big surprise. I guess after all these years, you could let me know. Both of you were surprises, but very nice surprises. <laughs> well, that's good. Oh, I feel, I feel uh, better now. So, but interestingly enough, you weren't able to have me in Mexico because at the time it was at a certain time in history when if you were to have a baby in Mexico and that baby was a boy, they would have had to automatically be a Mexican citizen. And I would have had to, had I been a boy, uh, go into the Mexican army at age 18 without, uh, you know, there was no getting out of it. Like that was the rule at the time. And that's what you were afraid of, right? 
That, exactly it. Exactly. So with no money, we had to go back to the States and I had you in Indiana. Aha, uh-huh. which is why yeah, I was born at Elkhart General Hospital. So did you fly back to the States or did you drive? We, I flew, I, we drove to the border and then, and then your dad went back to school and I flew on to Indiana or Chicago or wherever it was at the time. Okay. So then, so you had me, but dad was still, get, you know, going to college. So he wasn't there the day I was born. Right. So your sister Jean was with you, right? Correct. And, uh, I, I know that must have been hard not having dad there, but I don't even think the dads were in the in the hospital room at that time with the wives, were they? No, no, I don't think anybody was. Well, okay. So you and Annie Jean were kind of there. I was finally born, but then dad did come and join us, right? And well, he came to pick us up and take us back to Mexico. But that time you drove back, right? Yeah, right. So you drove from Elkhart, Indiana, all the way back to Mexico City. Correct. With a, How old was I? Oh, just a couple weeks old. Oh, my goodness. And did you have air conditioning in the car? Because I was born in August. <laughs> uh, we were lucky to have a car. I don't know if it had air conditioning or not. <laughs> well, you made it back. And so my, the first year of my life or so was in Uh, Mexico City with you and dad and Terry. And then you guys, when he was done with his degree, you guys moved back to to the States. Where did you go after that? Do you remember? Uh, Boy, so many places. Uh, I think we came back to Indiana and then your dad went on to Georgetown University. And so we were in Bethesda, Maryland living. And then from there, we came back to Indiana uh, and went to many different places. Yep, that's right. We were in Indiana until I was six, and then we went to Brazil and Australia, and then back to Indiana and back to Brazil. I it was it was quite a whirlwind of a life. It makes kind of sense that I was conceived in Mexico City, considering all the traveling we ended up doing. Because Dad was in uh, international business with Miles Laboratories at the time, and he would open up the company in the faraway places. So that's he ended up following the path of his degree, and you did it at such a young age, early 20s with two kids and traveling all over the world. And that must have been really unique for the time that it was, because let's just put it this way. Yeah, it was in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. I don't think too many people were doing that at the time. It was quite a wonderful experience. That's right. Well, I have to say, uh, you handled it so well because every home that we moved to, every country we moved to, you always made it feel like it was our favorite place in the world. And so that that's the testament I give to you. You were that kind of a mom that you made a wonderful home wherever we went. And, you know, it was it was just an incredible experience looking back on it all now. I imagine you know, how young you were when, when you were doing that and, and raising kids like that. But um, you did it great. And now here you are back in Indiana. <laughs> and <laughs> Isn't there a song about that? Back home again in Indiana. Yep. 
partner. (laughs) (laughs) Great, Mom. Well, I can't tell you what it's been like to come back to Indiana after 40 years in New York, where I ended up living. I went for four years for college and I ended up staying for decades upon decades. But I'm back now because I wanted to be close to you guys and enjoy my mom and dad uh, in this phase of life. And it has really been amazing. It's been the best decision of my life. So thank you for being the most wonderful mom and and have and and allowing me to pull you onto the radio like this on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you so much. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. If you know if you know what I mean. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. And you're Thank listening you. to The Way Home. Love you. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, having my mom on the radio is something I will always cherish. And my sister and my dear friends as well. So Debbie Nigro. And um, we always have good news at the end of every program, regardless of the topic or the special day that it is. And for that, we turn to our guru of good news, the one and only Jim Cleefield, better known as Jimmy Dean. Hey there, Jimmy. How are you? Happy Mother's Day to your beautiful mother. And um, yes, please, please extend our wishes to her. I certainly will, LJ, and uh, the same to you as well, my friend. Well, let's uh, get right into it. Uh, we're all familiar with the uh, food delivery app known as DoorDash, aren't we? Well, there's something uh, really special that happened with a particular delivery driver who really was quick thinking, save the woman's life, because she recalled the days when she was an EMT. And uh, she uh, delivered some food to a woman uh, by the name of Karen Sullivan at one late night recently in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. By the time she got there, though, she found that the woman was unconscious uh, for about 10 or 15 minutes. She hit her head on the uh, pavement, and uh, she suddenly, quick quick thinking, just really just got into action, uh, stopped her delivery. And because she was an EMT, she was able to try to resuscitate her and eventually take her to the hospital. And after weeks of treatment, uh, she's now uh, trying in recovery right now, doing much, much better by the way, uh, Karen Sullivan. And she says, Sophia Vertado, who is the driver, she says, she is my guardian angel. She is the one who saved her life, who just you know, put down her delivery and, as I said, went back to being an EMT, just put her hat on and was able to save her life. And because of that, Vertado is getting a lot of love, not only from DoorDash, but also the Fairhaven Police Department for saving this woman's life. Get this, DoorDash is giving her a $1,000 educational grant and the Fairhaven Police Department has awarded her with a life-saving award. And she is a real lifesaver. And as we said, she is a guardian angel to this woman. Think about it. I mean, just the fact that she was an EMT, really thinking quickly, really I mean, it was a miracle of all miracles when that happened. And that's just incredible. So the person who ordered the DoorDash, she went out. Did she go outside to get it? Was I guess that so. Maybe one, I'm not sure what the conditions were, but for some reason, you know, she was found unconscious by the time the delivery uh, person got there. But thankfully, was able to save her life. And if, if she hadn't been thinking quickly, as I said, she probably wouldn't even be alive to tell the story today. That is absolutely, you talk about divine intervention. Mm. She absolutely was a guardian angel. Imagine a DoorDash delivery person also being an EMT and able to save and resuscitate someone right there at the that right place at moment. the right time. I was just thinking the same thing. Yes. Right place at the right time. 
right place at the right time. That's beautiful stuff. What else do you have for us, Jimmy? Well, what do you think is my other passion besides this show? Of course, we talk about dogs and furries, right? Yes. You've got it, right? (laughs) Well, anyway, I want to tell you the story, a wonderful, heartwarming story about a five-year-old, six-year-old golden doodle named Gus and uh, an incredible life-saving act. I mean, dogs... They are smart. We've talked about this on this show a number of times. Well, anyway, that dog is being hailed a hero. This dog, Gus, has is three-legged, is battling cancer, had to have one of the legs amputated. Well, one day was going into the St. Croix uh, River, I believe, in Minnesota, and was able to rescue the life of a baby otter. Now, I don't know how the otter first got in there in the first place. I don't know. But was able, with those three legs, to go right into the water. And all of a sudden, eyewitnesses were seeing that dog with the baby otter in its mouth and uh, was able to save its life. And this happened, by the way, on Easter Sunday. You talk about the miracle of all miracles on Easter Sunday. I mean, saving an otter's life. I mean, it's really, really quick thinking. As I said, Gus, uh, as I said, suffering with cancer. But the fact that was able to think really quickly and see that that otter was in trouble Go into the water and make that rescue, and that otter is is safe and sound and uh, just good for Gus. I mean, dogs, you got to hand it to them. They're really, really smart for legged so animals. Amazing. Just that is amazing. Yeah. I, I wonder how the the that the. the, the the otter got in there, and the yeah, well, I, it the otters are saying. in the water generally. I don't know but how maybe, that uh, otter got there. Just I guess just the dog happened to be again in the spot and, and saw it and went and rescued it, even though he had only three legs. Uh, just an incredible act of heroism. You know, I think that they they've done studies on the fact when people, even who are disabled or maybe have a limited function of certain things, but when it comes to having to all of a sudden save somebody else because there there's trouble going on how they're able to overcome for that moment uh the you know their disabilities and able to to help out and and i guess dogs have the same uh, uh, <laughs> i mean same a baby ability, otter i, I mean I, of all things i mean i'm sure they save uh, human lives but i never would have thought it would be a baby otter that this dog uh had the wherewithal to save well i hope its mother was grateful i hope so <laughs> <laughs> That's very I cute. I I wonder who was there to witness. Oh, I guess uh, the Gus, the doggy's dog parent was there to witness yeah, the, the owner, whole Cleo thing. Yeah, the owner, Cleo Young, uh, heard about this and uh, was very, very happy to hear that uh, what the dog did and uh, the otter's life is saved. I mean, just good for him. Well, you know, when it comes to animals, and we talk about this, because you now work at Dogtopia, mm-hmm. right, as in Norwalk, Connecticut, Stanford, as a Connecticut. canine coach, yes. So you, you said that before you came in on the air today, you were actually watching... Th- 35. 35. And the other day, it was 40. So, I mean, it's like, I remember my boss said when I applied for the job, said, can you handle 40 dogs? And I'm like, um, I think so, because I've handled four, but not necessarily in that kind of an environment. This is like that many dogs all in one yes. big room. Well, the thing is, you have, you have to keep together, the running around. You, you want them to have the greatest day ever, but you're trying to prevent scuffles. You don't want yeah. anybody getting hurt. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what makes me happy? Every time I see those dogs just lying down, sleeping, and they're comfortable, I got them. You know, they had a great day. It's a happy tired. There's two kinds of tired. Happy tired because you had a great day, and then there's a stress tired. Those dogs were happy, and so was I. If I had a dog and it needed to go to doggy daycare, I'd want it to go where you are, Jim Cleefield. Nice. I, well, we, I'm sure be. we have. I'm sure. You know, well, it's they're opening stores all over the country. So, I mean, there's. Well, the thing is, what the pandemic really amplified was the need for animal adoptions. So, because let's face it, you know, because of the lockdown going on, it happened to my own family. You know, it exploded. Even though Dogtopia has been around for over 20 years, by the way, still the need really just just blossomed in the last few years. Well. Congratulations to you on watching 40 dogs by yourself and making them so happy. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. And uh, I just, I love it. So um, on that note, 
I want to say thank you to all the moms out there because it is you who is shaping this world and all the good that goes on in the world had its start with a good mom, a good good dad too. But today we're celebrating mothers. And so for that, we just thank you all so very much. And if you are a mom and celebrating, or if if maybe you're having a tough day today, uh, being a mom for whatever reason, like my daughter's across the world, I can't really enjoy her today in that sense. But if whatever you're going through, you are loved and you we're grateful for you. And um, we pray for just peace and and comfort no matter uh where you are in your uh level of motherhood if indeed you are a mom and so thank you for joining us today on this special day this special edition of the way home with laura smith lots of love to all of you have a great week